Here's a quick reminder. Don't forget you have until November 26th to enter our Spark Joy giveaway. We'll announce our winners during our best of show on December the 3rd. Head over to sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash reviews for instructions on how to leave a star rating and written review on iTunes. Then shoot an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com with your username for a chance to win one of six coveted Kanmari themed prizes that spark joy in celebration of our two-year anniversary. Thanks again for your support. Now it's time for the show. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now here's the show. Paula Rizzo is a best-selling author and Emmy Award-winning television producer. She's produced health, wellness, and lifestyle segments with a range of top experts in the health and wellness field. She's created the productivity site listproducer.com, and she's the best-selling author of Listful Thinking, Using Lists to Be More Productive, Highly Successful, and Less Stress, which has been translated into 12 languages and was on Oprah.com's list of self-help books that actually help. Her latest book, Listful Living, A List-Making Journey to a Less-Stressed You, was just published. Paula will be telling us about creating lists that spark joy and move you closer to your vision. Welcome to Spark Joy, Paula. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk all about list-making. Yes. Welcome, Paula. I'm so excited too, because lists are one of my top favorite things. Excited to learn new tips today. We should probably start though with your story because you have had many hats, a producer, Mm -hmm. a media strategist, bestselling author. I'm sure there's a story behind that. Can you tell us a little bit about your career trajectory? Sure. Yeah. Uh, lots of list making happening in my career. I have <laughs> spent most of my career as a television producer. So working in TV news, both in local news and national news in New York City and producing health and wellness segments for, you know, over a decade at Fox News Channel, which was really fun. And I enjoyed it so much. And while I was there, I actually wrote my first book, Listful Thinking. So I would be working full time. And then at night, I'd have this, you know, side hustle thing that I'd be working on nights, weekends, holidays, to get this book and this, you know, my productivity site out there, because it was just a, you know, passion project. And it was really, very, very fun. But I take a lot of the things that I've learned from being efficient with time and productive in the TV world and be able to take those same skills and use it towards every other place in my life, right? So to be able to be more productive at home and then to be able to you know help people to get more done, that kind of thing. It all sort of stems from doing live news and doing you know television for so many years and really knowing what will work and what won't work. Because in TV, you know, deadlines come up and it has to happen at, you know, 642 or you're in trouble. So you really have to be on top of your game and be able to get those deadlines met fast. Wow. So we're really looking forward to you demystifying list making for us. And with all that experience, I'm sure you have a lot of great tips to share. So we'll be jumping into that in just a second. But I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your influences. 
I know you've had some personal experience that has shaped your passion. You even had a health scare also that impacted your work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So about a year after my first book, Listful Thinking, came out, I unfortunately had my appendix burst, which is a really dramatic and dangerous way for your body to tell you you got to slow down. And I ignored it. I ignored it for two days. The doctors couldn't believe it. But I guess I have a really high tolerance for pain. And uh, I ended up going to the hospital and I was in the hospital for eight days. I was out of work for six weeks. I lost 12 pounds. Like This was a really dramatic time in my life. And everything had to come off my list. Everything for work, everything for home, all of it. And would you believe it? The world still spun. It was amazing. It was like, wow, stuff is still getting done and I'm not the one who has to do it. You know, you take a little bit of your ego out of it in a way because you think, oh, you know what? I actually didn't need to be doing so many things or maybe I, I put too much on my list. And so after that incident, I was really intentional about what I allowed back onto my list because I was super in tune with what was making me stressed or what was making me not feel right. So I really made a, a real effort to be able to put the right things on my list. And that's what really sparked my second book, uh, Listful Living. Wow. So it's like you applied a minimalist list-making strategy where you took everything off and then you added things back in that were essential. Exactly. And it was very slow and purposeful. And it was very much, you know, does this align with what I need right now? And at that point in my life, I needed to heal. I needed to get better. So if things were popping up or opportunities were popping up that didn't really, you know, bring me in the direction of healing... I knew instantly I couldn't say yes to them, not right now. And, you know, part of it is about having an abundance mindset and thinking, hey, you know, this will come back to me. There'll be more. You don't have to think scarcity and think, oh, if I don't take this opportunity now, I'm going to lose out and I'll never get anything else again. You really have to get out of that mindset. Yeah, it's actually reminding me of our episode that we did with Courtney Carver, where she was talking about this idea of a capsule wardrobe and challenging yourself to take all of your clothes away, just have the bare minimum, maybe 30 pieces, and see how you could operate or if you can operate with less. And I feel like this is similar, but completely different context. (laughs) Yeah, you applied a little differently, but yes, for sure. Tell us then about your latest book, Blissful Living. It sounds really amazing and we're excited to hear about it. Yeah, I actually had met Marie Kondo, I think it was about a week before my appendix burst, which is very interesting timing. Yeah, she was speaking here in New York and I got to see her and I was so excited about it. And, uh, you know, all of that stuff, it kind of runs together in my memory around the same time. And um, I'm really a big fan of hers. But this new book was, was informed by that incident, really, you know. It's a journal, so it's meant to be written in and really take you through the journey of where are you right now with your productivity and with your stress levels and look at it as a journalist. We're not going to judge it. We're just going to look and say, you know, what are your days like? Who are you spending them with? Where are you spending most of your time? And then when are you most stressed out? When are you most happy? Just look at it. And then the middle part of the book is the big blue sky you know, intentions, what would you love if, you know, you could have it however you wanted, you know, and you don't really want to say, hey, but that would never happen. You don't want to put that judgment on yourself. You just put it out there. And then the last part is the practical part because I couldn't write a book that wasn't practical. So (laughs) I want you to dream and all that, but I want to make sure that we can get it on your list. So that last part is how can you put not only the right things on your list, but also make time for self-care and make time for yourself, make time for the things you really want to be doing. 
Well, I really see the influence of Marie, you know, just in your description of what the book is really all about, because there's really that whole thing about vision and about, but, you know, also being very practical about how do you Mm -hmm. get to where you are now to where you would like to be? What are the steps? And I see so clearly that that would be a perfect opportunity to make a list. It is. It is. So there's lots of list making you know, because it's not just making a to-do list. For me, I make lists even when I'm upset about something. I'm making a list of words, you know, feelings that I have, or I'm making a list of things I want to feel. So it, I think it could be used in multiple different ways. People think only of the to-do list, which of course, I mean, that's the big one, right? That's the, <laughs> the number yeah. one list that most people think about. But to be able to use list making in other ways, in pros and cons lists and, you know, in dreaming about where you want to go, what your life will look like. I think it's for the people who are not as interested in journaling, you know, and writing long form, the list making bullets of ideas, I think it speaks to them. And this book has both. There's a little bit of journaling that you're going to do some longer form in. There's this short spurts of ideas and words and that kind of stuff that'll really get you thinking. Well, you know, I like very much that your book really talks about this idea of guided work. It's just not a, a blank journal, but it also right. really it really demands some serious thinking and reflection. And I think that a lot of times when people get journals or apps now, they really don't have a structure for their list building or mm-hmm. they just see list building as just this kind of great burden. And it's all about the to-do list or the things that they have to get done. And it feels like it's just adding more stress. What did you see in the work that you did that really kind of moved the needle toward this idea that list building could actually help someone achieve their goals instead of just feeling like an additional burden. Yeah. I mean, instantly it's a stress reliever. The second you write something down, you get it out of your head, you notice that your stress levels just reduce and you think, oh, you know what? Actually, I didn't have that much to do, right? Like we build it up in our minds and we make it a bigger deal than it really is. Then when you see it, you say, okay, well, you know, I can give this part to that person, or maybe this doesn't have to be done today. Just to be able to see everything in front of you. I'm a very visual person. So for me to be able to write it down and look at it is really helpful. But the World Health Organization now recognizes burnout syndrome as a real thing. This is something that people... It's a condition. And if we don't really take it seriously... We're going to continue to suffer. You know, it's not only headaches and backaches and stomach aches. I mean, this is leading to chronic diseases and chronic illnesses. And so to be able to just take a step back and say, okay, look, if I can do something simple, like get this out of my head, put it down on paper, reduce my stress, really have a roadmap for my day, that, that kind of thing. Hey, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, I think the, the idea of, busyness and having more on the list adds to the ego and the importance factor feeling like, hey, if I don't have a million things on here, that means nobody needs me for anything. I must not be important. Yeah. We've talked about the danger of using that word busy as kind of a badge of honor or Mm. some kind of accomplishment where really it can be a dangerous word because we can get really spun up or caught up in the small things. I think those really classic ideas like getting things done, you know, where you you do things, you defer things, you delegate things, or you diminish things. Or the classic idea of, what's the other one? There's the morning pages, where you write out all of your creative thoughts in a list, essentially, just whatever's going out of your mind, putting it on paper. Those really still do apply. And it's getting away from this idea that we have to 
always be busy where really we're sweating the small stuff, another you know classic idea. And some of these things might not really be urgent or really mission critical. And so I love how your book gets us to redirect that energy. And your first section really talks about exploring goals and vision. And we love that because that's how we began the Kamari process. Mm. And we're curious why you feel that setting priorities is a critical first step. Oh, you have to look at what your priorities are before you can say yes or no to anything because it helps you to have those boundaries right away. If you know what your priority is, then you know instantly what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to because you're going to be looking through the lens of that priority. So for instance, if you decide that sleep is a priority for you, right? You, you know, you're not getting enough sleep, your doctor's telling you, "Hey, you know, get it going with the sleep here. You need to make it a priority." So, if you get asked to do something in the evening, you instantly know you can't do it. You just say, no, I can't do it. Not right now. And so that that way, you know, because your priority is getting to bed early and sleeping, that it doesn't align with your priorities right now, that that, you know, networking event or whatever it is, you won't be able to do it. So having those boundaries and those rules, that's what I love so much about Marie Kondo is that she does have those rules to be able to say, this is how you do it. So then you can move forward. And I love to have that with what I'm going to say yes to and what I'm going to say no to because it makes everything more clear. It's much easier to be able to say no. I think we have such a problem with saying no, especially women. You know, we want to be people pleasers. We want to show up for people. We want to be there. But then you're saying no to yourself if you say yes to something else. So to be able that you have that priority straight and it could change, it makes it so much easier to do. You know, speaking of this whole tie-in between the work that you're doing and, and Kanmai is that for Kanmai practitioners, a lot of times we see our clients that are not only struggling with physical disorganization, mm-hmm. but also time and agenda disorganization. And a lot of times those two things are so closely aligned. And I think another thing that a lot of us see is just this connection between feeling anxious and feeling stressed and having physical space disorganized. And it's hard to know which came first. And sometimes I think it all comes together, you know, as far as as where someone finds themselves really feeling stressed out by their environment. Do you see that connection in the work that you're doing as far as this idea that the physical space really becomes reflective of, of how we're managing, you know, maybe even getting toward our goals? Well, there's been study after study done that if you're around clutter, your stress levels skyrocket. So that alone, to be able to see what your environment looks like, there's a whole part in the book where I walk through what your best productivity style is. And it's different for everybody. So that's why, you know, I don't tell anybody to become a morning person. Like most productivity experts will say, oh, you got to get things done first thing in the morning because that's the best time. That's not the best time for everybody. I know because I've tried and then I'm cranky. So it is not. It doesn't work. So to be able to look at your environment and be able to say, okay, you know what? I'm more productive when I'm outside or I'm more productive when I have this kind of lighting or when I have this around me or there's music or whatever it is to be able to tap in and then create that environment as best you can to get work done is, I mean, that really is to create that of your own, you know, productivity style and really understand how you work best. And also know, hey, you know, in the morning, maybe you're not as creative. Maybe you don't want to do writing if you're a writer at that time. I don't. I like to write at night, actually. 
And in the morning, I need a little bit more time to sort of get myself going. I like to read the newspaper. I like to have some time for myself before I can start doing anything for anybody else. That's how I work best. And when I'm able to create my day that way, I'm much happier. I feel more fulfilled and I feel way less stressed. I think that was part of the thing for me when I left my corporate job. So now I work for myself and I am a media trainer and strategist as well as an author. So I do many things, but that's my main business. And uh, after my first year of business on my own, I looked back at my year and I said, you know what? I'm going to do an audit of what did I like? What didn't I like? What sparked joy? What did not? You know, To be able to say, I'm not, I don't want to do that this year. That's not going to be something that I say yes to. And that exercise alone was so helpful for my business. And a lot of those exercises made it into this book because it can be used for other things. You know, it doesn't have to just be, ex- uh, you know, for work related things, but to really just do a check in with yourself. How did I feel after I talked to that person? How did I feel after I did that, you know, speaking event or whatever it is to really know and check in and say, huh, how does my body feel? How does my stress levels? And just know that about yourself. I think that's a great tip because sometimes we get so fixated on just crossing it off that we don't really evaluate, was that even worth doing or check in? Right. So that really shifts your mind to a place of making sure that you're not continuing to add things to the list that are not that important. Right. I know I've gotten into that habit. I have a personal list right now of things to do. It's pretty short, but I have for some reason not been able to address everything a time frame that's not, you know, like ridiculously drawn out. So I'm curious, like in my case, where someone else is struggling with taking care of things on a particular list, and maybe thinking in the past, this has never worked for me. I don't think I can ever learn this a new approach. What suggestions would you have for that particular situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, anybody can make a list. It's easy to make a Mm -hmm. list, but could you make a list in a way that's really intentional and really focused? So that comes from, you know, my days as a TV producer and really knowing exactly what can be done in a day. And I think this is where people trip up because they put things on the list that they wish they could do or they really want to do or, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great? And then the bucket list stuff gets on there and the home (laughs) stuff and the work stuff and like everything you have to do in your life gets on there. And then they say at the end of the day, well, none of it got done. And the truth is you set yourself up for failure because the things that go on that list need to be very specific. You need to be able to know that I have the time and the resources to do everything on this list when you make a daily list or else it doesn't belong there. So I use it much more as like a rundown for my day. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on join the club to get started. And now back to the show. 
got it. I'm run down. Yeah, I need to record that section and send it to my mom because <laughs> <laughs> she is always on me about my unrealistic list making that I do. Ah. I just talked to her yesterday and I told her I have a list of everything I need to do for business over the next 90 days. And I feel for the first time that it's a realistic list, <laughs> but she didn't uh-huh. believe me um, because I so often set myself up there. So yeah, that was perfect. That was just what I needed to hear. Yeah. And then be able to take that list. It's good that you have that 90-day list. That's great. That's the first step. Then the next step is to be able to take those things off daily and say, okay, you know what? I can do this today. I can do this part. I can do that part. And then you have you know tiny bite-sized things that you can put on the list. So it's not all of these things, but it's very, very intentional. It's very focused. And that you know, okay, I can do these things. And also knowing yourself not only your productivity style, but also knowing how much can you actually get done in a day? How long do tasks take you to do? Most people are not in tuned with time in that way. And again, because I've been a television producer for so long, I know how long 30 seconds is. I know how long a minute Mm. is. Most people don't think in seconds. But Mm -hmm. when you do and you realize, okay, it takes me 10 minutes to put my makeup on in the morning. So if I need to get out the door and I'm running late, what can I not do? so that I can get that 10 minutes back to put on my makeup before I run out the door. To be able to sort of move things around in your day. I look at it like a newscast. That's how it would be. You know, you'd have to move this story over here because it wasn't going to make the time and then it was too long, all that kind of stuff. So I I sort of look at my day that way too, to say, oh, I know this task is going to take me at least 20 minutes. So I need to move that to later because I won't be able to have time before this call so that you switch things around a little bit. Wow, that's really smart. I'll tell you how I do my list. I have It's kind of a silly name. I call it my brain dump. I like it. The point of the list is that I don't want to have to remember anything. Yes. So anything that pops into my head, whether it's I have to pick something up at the store or, you know, I need to do some research for a client, it goes on the list. But the only things that go on the list are things that are action items. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's happening in the future and I can't do anything about it right now, then I put it in the calendar. If it's something that I'm I'm waiting for someone else to do something, then I calendar that I might need to check in with them later if that's the case. But the only things I want on that list are things that I can actually do. Not that I'm going to get them all done that day because I probably won't, but at least the list is a running list. I use an app. It's just a very simple reminders app that allows me to click them off when I'm done. Mm-hmm. And from time to time I go and I look to see how many over the last, I think I've been doing this for about two years now, maybe a little longer, to see how many click-offs, little things, small and big, that I've done. And it just really works for me. It's, you know, I've always got it with me and it just keeps me from being concerned that I'm forgetting things because that was just a constant issue for me. It's just always feeling like, oh, there's just things I'm forgetting. And that caused more stress than anything else. Mm -hmm. And you need that brain power for other things. You shouldn't be using it to remember things. You know, it's much better use elsewhere for sure. And the idea of using the calendar is really smart too, because I do that sometimes when I have blocks of time that are free. Because when you have free time, you're almost like throughout, you know, like the workday, let's say, it's almost like, what what should I do? There's too many options. I could do so many things on this list. So when I have time to fill, I actually will plug in certain things. Like I've been, you know, doing a lot of interviews for this book. And um, sometimes people will send me cute, like questions, Q&A that I have to write out or fill out. 
I'll just, you know, toss one of those in in a half hour slot somewhere because I know I can do that in a half hour. And I know it's one of those things I need to do. But if it's not on the calendar, then I'll go do something else. And maybe I'm on Facebook for a while. And then the half hour goes and I didn't do anything. Yep. Yep. I'm so there. It's like if I have time, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? I could do something really amazing during this time. And a lot of times I'm just, you know, looking at Facebook. So Right. Puttering around. Yeah. But one of the things that I see a lot in our clients, and I'm sure this is true of, of most organizers, that they our clients generally have stacks of legal pads and spiral notebooks and post-it notes where they've made lots and lots of lists. But it's kind of like a, there's a handy piece of paper and a pencil, and I'm just going to make a list here of what I need to do. And that list doesn't ever integrate into you know, just it's not convenient. It just doesn't work. What do you see as productive ways to use a list? Yeah, I would look at that and say, you know, again, tapping into that productivity style and saying, what would I do best before lunch? And what would I do best after lunch? And really cut up your day that way so that you know, okay, well, you know, let's just say, I like to talk to people or I like to see clients in the morning or I like to, you know, do all the stuff outside of that house or whatever it is in the morning before lunch. And so you stack your day that way. So instead of it just being like a whole list of to-dos, you almost use it like a schedule. So you're doing both. Not only is it to-dos, but it's also organized in a way that you know what's going to get done first. What is the priority first? Sometimes that's going to be deadline-oriented, right? Maybe tomorrow's the deadline, so you know you got to do that first. Or sometimes it is really in line with what you know you can do best at that time. And then if you have that before lunch and then the after lunch stuff, you know, maybe you're a little bit more sluggish. Maybe you'd rather do some phone calls or maybe whatever. You knowing yourself and then you really stack your day in that way so that those to-dos become actual items that you're doing throughout the day. And, you know, I know some people who actually do assign time to it to say, you know, I'm going to do this at 11 or I know this is going to be, you know, 30 minutes for this task or 15 minutes for that task. If that helps you, you know, why not try it that way as well? I really like the way that your work seems aspirational, but yet very realistic. And that I think mm. sounds like some of the message that you are trying to convey is this idea that you know, your aspirations are really one little step at a time toward achieving it. But, you know, it's like when they say that the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. <laughs> so it may seem like an overwhelming, impossible task, but if you break it down, then it's a little bit more manageable. And I think it's a list sounds like a great way to, to manage that. Oh, for sure. And, you know, taking that huge to-do, like, for instance, writing this book. If I were to just put write book and <laughs> schedule it every Friday, it wasn't going to happen. I was so specific about what parts I was going to write when, you know, I had an outline, of course, but what parts I was going to write on what days and how long it was going to take me. And then, you know, so that I made my deadline so that, you, you know, you have to sort of, you know, push yourself in that way, especially when you're doing a big project. Well, we have to ask, what is your favorite list-making tip? Huh. Well, I would say I love to make my list the night before. So every night before I leave my desk, I make that list for the following day. So that when I come in in the morning, I can hit the ground running. Because you know, things happen. Other people are looking for your attention. You get distracted. But having that list right there, like a rundown, so you know what your intention is for the day is so powerful. It's so, so helpful. You can always go back to it and say, what was I supposed to be doing when you get derailed? 
great tip. And of course, since you're a mutual fan of Marie Kondo, we have to ask you, what sparks the most joy in your life at this very moment? Well, I have to say that I'm trying to be more present and you know, mindful of what I'm doing in the moment. So I have to say this experience, talking to you right now, just doing this is what sparks joy for me. Because we're so used to doing a million things at once and checking the phone and doing this and doing that. And oh, I got to go do this next thing. And I'm trying to be really purposeful about where I spend my time and who I talk to and all of that. So this is a good lesson for me, but it's also, it feeds your soul because you do feel connected to people in a different way. So, you know, I have the great pleasure of being able to speak to people all over the world about list making and to do's and productivity and media and that kind of thing. So that for me has been really uh, exciting. Fantastic. And Paula, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Sure. I would say don't be so hard on yourself. We're all so hard on ourselves. We put things on our lists and we feel bad about not doing them. And sometimes that doesn't even need to be on your list. Whatever it is that's making you feel bad that's coming up again and again, just get rid of it. Sometimes we don't even want to do that, but it's pressure we put on ourselves. So really give yourself a break. You know, Give yourself a little time for self-care. Be able to put things on your list that you really want to do. And it doesn't have to be super expensive and it doesn't have to be time-consuming. It can be reading a chapter in a book that you love or going on a virtual vacation, you know, go to Google, Google Maps, find a location and zoom around for 15 minutes and give yourself a little bit of a break. Just something to give you a little bit of a refresh. That's a great way to think of having a little short virtual vacation. You could pretty much do that every day and you probably mm-hmm. would be a lot better off for it. That's a great idea. Thank you, Paula, so much. We were so thrilled to have you with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. You can reach Paula on her websites. She's at listproducer.com and paularizzer.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram at listproducer. You can also grab a copy of her new book, Listful Living, on Amazon, and we'll be sure to have the links in the show notes. As an added bonus, Paula has a list-making starter kit available on her website. Just head over to listproducer.com forward slash starter kit and sign up. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kamari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivy of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.